if you liked what I said during Mankind versus The Undertaker, you might like what I'm going to say today. Because unlike a lot of folks, I worry. I worry about the direction that pro wrestling takes sometimes. And one of the things that I definitely worry about is non-wrestlers getting themselves into a position where they can be injured wrestling. And I'm not talking about backyard wrestling or any of that. I'm talking about in WWE and elsewhere, of course. But in WWE, it's really obvious. In the involvement of Shane McMahon, and I say that as a guy who really liked Shane, I think he's a great character. I think he's a wonderful performer, but he's not a wrestler. In fact, he's a stuntman. Or at least he wants to be. And the match with Kurt Angle from 2002 is one of the most dangerous, most poorly thought out, most terrifying matches I've ever seen. And it's going to lead me into a lot of different directions, so stick with me. Because it's going to get ugly. First things first. At, in 2002, Kurt Angle was the best wrestler in the world, period. He, he could go, absolutely without question. He was the single best worker in what was quickly becoming defined as the WWE style. And that's where the individual matches are a part of a larger something. Where no individual match is as important as the storyline in which it fits in. Now you could say that this has been the tradition of wrestling all along. But in the WWE style, the matches must more conform to the build than anywhere else. You want a good example of this? The perfect one is Cena versus Reigns. Watch the way Cena, who is one of the greatest workers in the WWE style ever. And Reigns is actually really good too. But if you watch the way Cena works that match, there are callbacks in attitude, in presentation, in delivery to every one of those promos leading up to that match. That's WWE style. Now, Kurt is one of the truly elite performers, not only in promos, in in-ring work, but in presentation, in packaging, in commitment to his character. All of these, he's great. Shane is amazingly committed to his character, and this idea that he will put his body through anything for victory. But Shane's a stuntman. And this is the thing that is painfully obvious when I watch his matches. It's that he can't tell a story physically. He's not able to work a match as you would think of a match being worked. Instead, 
what he can do is he can go along with someone who is telling a match physically and then provide the punctuation. You see it 100% in his match with AJ. AJ told a story and Shane provided moments of punctuation. Undertaker, the excellent example, he just didn't get in the way and then everyone will remember being tossed through that table. This is what Shane McMahon does. This is a stuntman's role. What's amazing is this is easily Shane McMahon's best match. This is better, I think, than his match with AJ, which I thought was really good. And part of the reason for that is that they decided telling a story was the key to this match. And the story they were telling was that Shane McMahon wasn't in Kurt's league in any way. But he has so much heart, he won't stop until Kurt stops him. That's a good story. That's a great story for a young baby face who is trying to break in. That's not Shane here. And when they start on the match, there's a brilliant piece that is... Kurt takes him down and works him on the mat for a couple of minutes. Just like he's toying around with his kids. He completely shows up Shane. Which is brilliant. It really is fun to watch because it looks like Kurt's having fun. And at one point, he tosses Shane out of the ring and then gets down in start position and lets... Shane try to, you know, start like an amateur wrestling match and he just completely reverses him and looks great. And later, of course, it comes back and bites him and Shane brawls a little bit and he does some stuff. Does a shooting star press. It's not a pretty one, but it, it happened. He landed it. Where it gets interesting is once it turns into a brawl. I haven't talked a lot about garbage wrestling. I know there's a lot of different ways to do it. People call it garbage wrestling, and they think that's a knock. I kind of do, but I like FMW. Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling from Japan in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I think they only folded in 2001, and I think they're back with a sort of a thing now. Wing is the other one. Uh, Wrestling International New Generation, I think, is what it stood for. You had Big Japan, and you had... uh, There's one very... Oh, IWA Japan. And this sort of came out of the idea of what would sort of been called traditional southern brawling. The brawls you would see in Memphis, for example, or even Continental for a while. And you would have these big production number matches in which guys would take punishment in amazing amounts and sell 
in a different style than you would see in a traditional match. In essence, they were working a bigger style. This is a garbage wrestling match. That's not to say this is a garbage wrestling match, but this is a match in the style of garbage wrestling that you would see in FMW. At least it becomes that. Because what happens is, eventually, they start using weapons because it's a no-disqualification match. But then Kurt takes Shane outside and up the ramp. And at that point, you knew something was going to happen. You knew there was going to be some huge spot. And it becomes really obvious that what it is is they had these sort of glass things that were having things projected on them. And it became really obvious that Kurt was going to throw Shane through one of those. And Kurt wraps Shane for an overhead belly-to-belly and then delivers it. And Shane bounces off the glass and falls from a height of about four and a half, five feet onto the back of his head. It is legitimately sickening to watch. It, I've seen some terrifying things in wrestling rings, but I have never seen a spot like that that made me go, oh my God, he's dead. He's paralyzed. Shane McMahon literally took the bump and landed hard. And it could be that Kurt was just an inch out of position. It could be that they just hadn't expected it to be so difficult to throw. It could be that Shane just didn't jump hard enough. But they did this spot without ensuring that Shane would go through. Yeah, stuff happens. But if you can't ensure that this could be done safely 99% of the time, don't do it. When you watch a stunt show... Everything is incredibly calculated. Every moment, every every effect, all of that is so precisely timed and calculated with safety in mind. That's not wrestling. Wrestling is kind of calculated. And everything is designed to be mostly safe. This is the difference between this theatrical stunt show and the athletic wrestling. Because while a stunt show may have athletic moments, its entire point is theatrics. And while theatrics are 100% present in wrestling, the drive of it is athletic. And here, they're overlapping. Kurt is a wrestler doing a wrestling match. Shane is a stuntman. 
who was doing a wrestling match. And this was a poorly thought out stunt. And Shane must have signaled that he was okay or something because Kurt picks him back up and does it again and tosses him through this time. And the heat is unbelievable here. And we'll talk more about that in a second, but what happens next, one, Shane is busted open, probably a blade job, but Kurt is cut on his shoulder and a couple other places too, probably from the glass. That's going to happen every now and then. But one of the things that does happen that is very concerning is they go to, when you toss him in, you go to this sort of backstage area. And Kurt tries to do the overhead belly-to-belly again through the glass back towards the ring. And two more times, Shane bounces off the glass. Now, they should have changed the spot. They obviously, when you have someone like Shane in there, you obviously map out the match much more thoroughly than you do when you just have two workers working a match. But if you map this out without finding ways to do it safely and predictably, don't do it. Now, luckily, neither of the two times that Shane took the bump going back out did it seem like he landed as badly as that first one. But it was bad. And the second one actually looked like he landed completely on Kurt. It actually kind of looked like Kurt was protecting him in case it did happen. And then Kurt just throws him through. That's actually the way they should have done it after the first one. He should have tossed him through and then tossed him back. They knew they could do that. Kurt is a fantastic brawler. One of the best who's ever been at the top of the card. He is fantastic at working various styles and mixing those styles within the same match. There aren't a lot of guys who can do that well. Benoit used to do it well. Eddie Guerrero used to do it well. Apparently Bruiser Brody used to do it well. I'm really only familiar with Brody's uh, later work where he was mostly just brawling. Terry Funk would as well count in there. Ric Flair sometimes did. Shibata, absolutely without question. But no one has done it at the level that Kurt Angle can. And this was a glorious brawl. But it was a stunt show. And the two big stunts needed more than one take. And one of those takes could have been tragic. Absolutely 100% tragic. Of course, it ends up back in the ring, and 
they work a little bit. Shane actually gets a little bit of offense after that, which I think they just should have rolled him back to the ring and then pinned him, but I'm not a writer, apparently. And then it ends with the angle slam off the top. He puts a board up there and then comes off with the Olympic slam, the angle slam, whatever. One, two, three, match is over. When the WWE toned down the product in the wake of the Benoit murder-suicide and the CTE revelations, and going PG is a part of that. The only reason they went to the PG product was to attract, I think it was the Army was specifically, but then there's a couple of the toy companies also. But they could not have done that had they not already been looking at the product and how they could tone it down. And part of that is in relation to matches like this. They were becoming very, very frequent in the 2002 to 2005 time frame. This was, I think, peak garbage wrestling, peak stunt show. Because it was so prominent. It wasn't even the main event. I honestly don't remember what the main event was. It might have been Triple H versus The Rock. I don't know. But the key here was that they had worked a match that was not... of traditional match. They worked it with the intention of putting on a stunt show within the context of a wrestling match. This is a great match if you want to show someone to win the argument that non-wrestlers shouldn't be wrestling. It's a great one for it. Even better than the terrible matches like what the Jessica Maresco won in TNA. Or Dennis Rodman in WCW. This is the one to show them. Because this is the level you have to go to to get a reaction. Now back to the crowd reaction, because that's the key. The crowd is super hot for this. One, the crowd's always hot for Shane. Two, Kurt was super over at this point. But three, they get hotter and hotter. They build. The more punishment Shane takes. The crowd is absolutely apoplectic after he gets tossed back through. The crowd's insane. This is a match that should live in infamy. This, I put it right up there with Mankind versus Undertaker as a bad idea. A bad idea brilliantly executed, but still a bad idea. It's an important part of history, and we need to learn something from it. And maybe Shane did, though he's still doing his stuntman stuff, he's not doing it to this level anymore, which is great. 
The next match we're going to talk about is actually a Hell in the Cell match from the year 2000, so we're going back in time a bit, and it's going to be Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, Rikishi, and Kurt Angle. There's someone else in there too. Kane? Eh, someone. But it's a six-man Hell in the Cell match, which is a lot of zany fun. <laughs> 